evening to you all. Such a pleasure and an honor to be here in this auspicious moment. Certainly, uh, we thank Reverend Lisa and Katie for this opportunity and this hospitality. Uh, thanking Reverend Victoria for the reading of our scripture. And our topic uh, this evening comes from those last two words, holy ground. That's going to be the topic that captures us this evening as we take in consideration the first through the fifth verses. Uh, I, I am uh, a 49-year-old man. I'm a minister. That's no secret to any of you. I've been in ministry now for this coming fourth Sunday, 28 years, which is, I never thought I would be able to say that. Uh, all of my uh, childhood and adult life, I basically worked in the church. I, I was that young man who no matter what was going on, I was uh, going to be doing whatever I could in whatever organization that allowed me to show up and to serve. I did what I could because I felt everything I did, particularly in the realm of sanctuary moments, was a service to God. I began leading my own home church's youth ministry straight out of high school at 18 years old. I, I became an elected deacon of my home church, my Baptist congregation, at the tender ripe age of 21. And four months, or not four months, one month before my 22nd birthday, I began preaching. Uh, so one could look at this uh, and say that this is something uh, to be celebrated. At 26 years old, I got a job working as a youth minister in a church. It was a dream job. I thought life couldn't get any better than this. This is the way to live life. And as much as I have done, uh, you would look at the catalog of my life and say, most of my adult life uh, has been spent working in the church. And while many uh, would find this worthy of celebration, allow me to shock your sensibility just a little bit when I share with you that it wasn't until 2002, in order to finish uh, my long overdue undergraduate degree uh, while on the campus of Virginia Commonwealth University, that I was finally, after all those years, able to find my holy ground. Now, I know this may sound strange to some, considering I spent my entire adult life working in the church at some level or another. However, I want to humbly suggest that holy ground is not just found in the confines of any church facility. School was the place for me where I was just Micah. I was not someone's minister. I was no one's husband. I was no one's father. I was just Micah. No one was asking for advice. No one was seeking assistance. And no one was requesting prayer. I was just <laughs> Micah. In fact, in some instances, no one even knew I was even there. I loved it. I'm an introvert to the max. Please don't let the microphone fool you. I love to be in unseen spaces where no one really uh, knows that I'm around. I loved uh, this anonymity that I had. I was just another student in a large institution. Yet, it was during this time at this school that I heard God speak most clear. And it was in those moments that my life changed forever. 
Uh, it was there on the campus of Virginia Commonwealth University where any and everything ha can happen and often does. I found holy ground and I found that holy ground uh, now has a new meaning to me. It, my understanding of holy ground changed and the, my understanding of the holy was radically changed. Again, I confess, this may sound crazy, but I believe holy ground is not a place, but a space. Uh, this was the space where the stage was set for me to experience the presence of God and not just praise the power of God. Uh, it was where uh, I had my journey uh, and my journey I feel uh, with God really truly began on that campus. I had been baptized. You just heard I've been working in the church but it wasn't until two, 2002 that I felt like my real journey with God began and I knew if it was going to be meaningful, I needed a good foundation. I needed holy ground. Holy ground is the space where you can separate from the stresses of life. I want to suggest to you firstly, Moses, the text says, went to the far side of the wilderness. And it was while he was away from all the mundane drama of his father-in-law Jethro's household that he was able to hear God most clear. He had to shift his focus a few, for a few moments to discover the significance of the unexpected. I'm sure this was the last place Moses thought that he would meet God because he was just working and minding his own business when God caught his attention. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, that's just how God works. Uh, God doesn't always seek to catch you in the sacred space of an institutional sanctuary because you may have your guards up while other people are watching you. Sometimes God creates holy ground in mundane places and spaces or when your mind is not on who's watching and your guards are let down. So what God does is God calls you to a place and a space uh, that you don't even understand uh, at the moment while you're there in that space. All you know is that God called you. God called you there to get your attention. God called you there to prepare you for the next space. God called you there to further develop your destiny. God is calling you. God called you to strange places to strengthen you. God called you to a difficult place to develop you. God called you to a weird place because God wanted to work on you. God is calling you away from familiar voices so that you can function at another level, away from normal routines so that you can nuance your roles and responsibilities, away from the ordinary so that God can show you how extraordinary God can be in your life. God is calling you to this space so that God can show you something in the midst of a struggle that to this space, to, in the wilderness, to stimulate your sense of wonder. God is calling you to the far side to make sure that you have to listen to the Lord's voice instead of the vices of the world. I'm just trying to tell you, God is calling you. And sometimes you've got to take a few moments and separate. Uh, can I tell you, that's necessary when God is calling you. You need to go to the place that uh, reignites your vision. You need to go to a place that recharges your vitality. You need to go to a place that 
that restores your voice. You need to separate from the distractions and the deterrence, from toxicity and trouble, from ulterior motives and hidden agendas. You need to separate from the unruly and the uncivilized, from the unmotivated and the uninvested, from the insecure and the inactive. You need to separate from the regular routines of life, from obstinate obligations and from a workaday worry. You need to separate from what is so that you can discover what shall be from the old to the new. You need to separate from what you saw to what you can become. You need to separate uh, so that uh, your, your mistakes uh, won't hold you back from your ministry. Your problems won't keep you from your promises and your mess will not prevent your miracles. You need to separate your misery from your motivation, your sin from your salvation and your depression from your deliverance. You need to separate. And brothers and sisters, I'm just trying to tell you, you need to find your holy ground. And it won't be in the place where you're so troubled that you can't be transformed. You need to separate. But can I tell you what separation does? Separation has a way of uh, causing you to uh, reflect. It, it, it includes reflection because it's important, brothers and sisters, to understand the importance of reflection in your daily life. The text says Moses saw a bush that was on fire but did not burn up. Now it seems that God wanted Moses at a place where he could pay attention and witness what was happening without distraction. God uses our separation to catch our attention, but it's our reflection that will open up the avenues of our experience. Separation without reflection only leads to stagnation and repetition. Yeah, I'm going to say that one more time. Separation without reflection leads to stagnation and repetition. Moses wasn't doing a bad thing when God called him. In fact, he was working hard tending his father-in-law's flock. But the problem was Moses was, was able to do so much more than that. And had he not been able to see something different happening, Moses would still be in the fields watching his father-in-law's flock. So God created an event that would draw Moses to another place and give him something to think about. Uh, and while this time we live in can teach us many things, maybe one of the things we need to celebrate is that God is calling us away from the many things that distract us so that we can now reflect. Uh, and brothers and sisters, I'm going to suggest strongly that we should take time to reflect, uh, to intentionally invest in the things that intrigue you. You should take time to reflect. Uh, to concertedly choreograph the curiosity of your calling. You should take time to reflect, uh, to, to more closely engage the things that pique your intentions, your intentions and interests in the first place. You should take time to reflect, to assess your approach, to review your response, to consider your contribution. You need to take time to reflect so your past won't paralyze you, your ignorance won't immobilize you, and your inexperience won't invalidate you. You need to take time to reflect about where you were, where you are, and where you're trying to go. You need to take time to reflect about how God delivered you, how God developed you, and how God has destined you. You need to take time to reflect about how God saved you, how God sanctified you, and how God has set you free. You need to take time to reflect about the sacrifice God made, the salvation that God offers, and the service that God expects. You need to take time to reflect about God's interest for you, Christ's intervention on your 
behalf and the Holy Spirit's investment within you. You need to take time to reflect on the time that you've wasted, on the decisions that need to be made, and on the moves uh, you need to make right now. You need to take the time to reflect. You sat and you sought in separation long enough. Now it's time to reflect and respond. The text says the bush was burning but didn't burn up. In other words, it may get hot, but you won't be consumed by the heat. God uses our burning bush experience to call us to the place that can change our lives forever. Can I say this as I get ready to leave y'all uh, before I beg your patience too long? Our time of separation and reflection uh, are really designed to provoke uh, our transformation. I'm still here in the text. The text says that God tells Moses, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. In other words, this is a special place. It's not special just because of the burning bush because many may have walked by this same bush and thought that it would eventually burn up. But this space is holy because you decided to come closer to check it out. Uh, many have heard about this one service right here today, but only you came a little closer to check it out. This is holy because of that. And now that you're here, God says, take off your sandals uh, because you can't treat this space just like any other space. Take off your sandals uh, because you're no longer going to be who you've always been. Take off your sandals because I'm going to make you my ambassador. There are some people that need your help today. Take off your sandals because I need you to feel differently than you normally do. Take off your sandals because I need you to let your guard down and take off all the things that separate you from being in touch with the very things that I've called and created. So take off your sandals and why should you take them off? Because this is holy ground. This is the space where God is and the space where you decided to come in order to be close to God. This is holy ground. The space where God can speak to you and transforms your life by God's word. This is holy ground. The space God empowers you to help someone else. This is holy ground. The space where we meet the unexpected and encounter the inexplicable. This is holy ground. The space where God calls us closer and allows us to feel God's presence. This is holy ground where God calls us closer and allows us to experience him in a new way. This is holy ground where God makes us a miracle and gives us a ministry. This is holy ground where God inspires us and reminds us it's not over yet. This is holy ground where God reminds us that we are not alone. This is holy ground. The space that was consecrated a convent but now it's called to community. This is holy ground where prayer has always been prevalent and God's power has always been present. This is holy ground. The space that began as a mansion became a monastery and now is a mission for the spirit of the city. This is holy ground. The space that elements of communion were produced and where communion is still being produced to elevate the city to another level. This is holy ground. A place of redemptive contemplation and racial reconciliation. This is holy ground. For the Lord is present and wherever the Lord is, it's holy. And brothers and sisters, I just want to tell you as I bid you good evening, it's a space that's ordinary for those that just pass by. 
that is holy for us who enter this space. We separated ourselves and come to the far side of the city, a place that has been transformed so that we can consecrate on concentrate rather on God's presence and to hear God's voice more clearly. So take off your shoes, take off your proverbial sandals, and answer this question for me. Where are we right now? We are on holy ground. God bless you. Amen.